Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back. This is Consider This Northumberland and I'm your host Robert Washburn and you're listening to Northumberland 89.7 FM. Calls for service are down. Foot patrols are also down. Vehicle patrols are also down. Cannabis charges are up. Violent crimes such as assaults are up by 80%. Sexual assaults are also up. Breaching the peace, probation violations and domestic disturbances are also on the rise. It is a complex picture inside the Port Hope Police Annual Report for 2022. Chief Tim Farkason will guide you through all the numbers and what they mean. You will also hear his to-do list. You decide if he's getting the job done. I'm so pleased to have with me today Tim Farkason, the Port Hope Police Chief. Welcome back to Consider This. Thanks very much, Robert. Really appreciate you having me back on. I want to talk to you today about the annual report, and I want to start with the decrease in calls for service. It dropped by 10%. That's pretty significant. Can you start off by telling us what happened? Sure, Robert. A lot of that would be around COVID. If you look back to the 2017 statistics, uh, we went up significantly uh, since that time. We should be on that downward spiral closer to the 4,700 working around the 4,700 to 5,000 or 5,200 calls for service per year. It went up over 6,000 at the first year of COVID and now starting to uh, come back down, which we expected. Are all those calls, that 10%, are they all related to COVID or were there there other kinds of activities going on that were uh, exacerbated by by the COVID? Well, a little bit of both. So, they naturally, with the laws that have changed since COVID and the enforcement measures, the education measures, the amount of calls that we were getting that were COVID related uh, for breaches of uh, the regulations, um, that type of thing, those calls have naturally uh, gone down. Our, you know, our break and enters, our criminal calls are still pretty steady. Uh, sexual assaults have gone up. There's some other uh, calls that are concerning. Obviously, during that time, domestics went up. Um, Trouble with youth calls went up. Mental health calls went up, uh, which was natural, and most police services across the uh, country saw that. When I looked at the statistics, it was interesting. Foot patrols dropped by 2%. Vehicle patrols dropped by 3%. On the surface, combined with the the drop in calls for service, it sounds like the Plorho police are doing less in the community. Well, the one thing that we're trying to do uh, that we will be doing is making foot patrol, to your point, a priority. It's easy to get bogged down in report writing. Report writing has over the last 15 years and the complexity of investigations has gone up substantially. A lot of that's due to the regulations um, that officers have to adhere to. So how do you get officers from the station? Part of that's technology. So we're doing a pilot program with Peterborough 
uh, looking at data entry program, for instance, so that officers would be in the cruisers and be able to do their report writing much more efficiently and effectively from the from the police cruiser. So that's the one piece is the technology. Uh, the other is to make it in the goals and objectives for officers one of the primary considerations. We've just had a business planning cycle and we've had numerous meetings with our stakeholders, our community businesses, our uh, residents of Port Hope and to a T all want to see an increase in foot patrol. They also uh, want higher visibility and as high as possible and not saying that we've uh, been failing in that area. We haven't, but those are some of the considerations that we want. And then the timing response to calls. So beat patrol, visibility and timing response to calls are basically what we heard all around that people want to see in Port Hope. It's interesting because when I was talking to the chief in Coburg, they have upped their uh, visibility by doing more vehicle patrols uh, in more areas within the town. Are you looking at a similar strategy? Yes, the, there is a strong emphasis uh, with the management teams around uh, the beat patrol as well as strategic patrol in the cruiser. Uh, both, both those we want to increase. And so that will be put in the annual goals and objectives uh, for the officers. And they will get credit for that. When you're looking at promotional processes, job transfers, uh, that type of thing, that will all go into the process. When you look at incentivizing something, um, as well as finding that technology that's going to make it uh, much more uh, easy for them to stay in their cruisers and not uh, come back to the station. When it comes to laying charges, your report points out that there were some huge increases in particular areas. Highway traffic charges were up by nearly a third. Traffic bylaw charges were also up. Why is that? Well, that's a concerted effort in the uh, in the cruisers. I don't think we have a really concern, a big concern in Port Hope around the amount of time in the cruisers and that part of visibility. Um, although for the perception of the public, they want to see as much as possible. They'll always want to see more. And I, and I totally understand that. Um, I don't have any concerns around the amount of... Uh, patrol time enforcement, that that ratio, um, it is a good ratio. The officers are, when they're out there, they're being effective. What we want to do is get them out there for more hours in a shift. Uh, so that's that piece there. But on top of the patrol time is to be able to get out of the cruiser to increase that time. All right. But uh, I noticed there was a lot of information about, for example, collisions with, with all kinds of statistics in the report. Is there a reason why so much was devoted to details about these incidents? It goes a lot of the what we do is complaint driven. So where the complaints are, one of the biggest complaints in Port Hope is around traffic, uh, high rates of speed, collision in areas, uh, that type of thing. So those complaints that come in, the officers will look at. They'll get that information through analysis and then try and deal with those issues. And that's probably one of the biggest complaints in Port Hope is around traffic. One of the major areas where charges seem to go up a lot was cannabis. It went from two charges in 2021 to 17 in 2022. What does this indicate? That's totally officer initiated. That's the thing about drugs is that's officer initiated, uh, the vast majority of those. So if the officers have more complaints and, and more time to work on those offenses and when they're doing drug search warrants, you have to remember we're not laying simple possession charges. We have directive from Public Prosecution Service of Canada to look at referrals, warnings, diversion for cannabis charges or for any drug simple possession charges around drugs. 
So the charges that we would be laying are in connection with other offenses. For instance, if you do a break and enter or another offense and you have cannabis on you, then you will be charged for that. Or if you're in a, doing a search warrant and you come across cocaine, fentanyl and cannabis, uh, you will for possession for the purpose of trafficking or trafficking, you will also be charged. So those will not be simple possession charges. Our officers are directed not to do that, not just federally, uh, but by the administration and their supervisors as well. We're not targeting or going after people with addiction issues or for simple uh, possession. But how does that explain the 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 increase from 2021 to 2022? And that can go up and down. So what I was saying earlier was that's an officer initiated. So if our unit, if our criminal investigation branch has the that time to work on drug enforcement, then those numbers will go up. Time goes on. Sometimes you're caught up in court cases, follow up for crown attorneys, um, other investigations, major investigations that are on the go. That takes you your time away uh, from drug investigations. When it comes to violent crime, the report notes that there was nearly an 80% increase in assaults. What do you attribute this to? A lot of those, those are not stranger on stranger of assault investigations. So for public safety, it isn't a concern. The numbers are concerning, uh, but a lot of those over the last few years, we also um, take into account uh, COVID, people being closer together, um, not, not much movement, uh, people in residences together, uh, house parties that were going on, uh, that type of thing. And the stressors also, the increased stressors that came along through the COVID. So we're hoping that those numbers go down. You say in the report that sexual assaults were up by nearly two thirds. Are you doing anything specific to address this in the community? So the one thing that we're doing, we're working closely with uh, Cornerstone Family Violence. Uh, we also have a mental health worker who helps us uh, in a team. We have officers trained in sexual assault investigations. Uh, some of that is is the trust that people here have in the police service. So sometimes you'll get an increase in the reporting of sexual assaults. Um, again, um, that is that during COVID was also a concern with the uh, just with everything we've already talked about in regards to COVID. Another item that more than doubled in the area of violent crimes was the indecent or harassing communications. It went from 44 incidents to 90. Can you shed some light on what was going on there? Again, that's that's a big concern, along with the sexual assaults. Uh, with the increase in technology, Robert, there's the more technology, the more social media platforms uh, from Snapchat on Snapchat to uh, Facebook. To, uh, and some of those are from the schools. We are community service officers trying to deal with that type of education, um, cyber texting, cyber bullying. Um, that is going ongoing. Uh, but the more technology we have and the easier it is for people to be anonymous or to harass people through technology, uh, then unfortunately it's a concern. So we're trying to really up our efforts around prevention and education for parents, uh, for youth, and just for the average public, that's going to be a concern going forward, unfortunately. Rod seems to be another area where crime has grown. I know your officers uh, send out regular communications on scams and so forth, but what strategies are you using to help decrease the amount of fraud? It comes down to education. And the part where we've, we're trying to follow up investigations that we have a possibility of making an arrest. And if there's a possibility of an arrest and a conviction, 
then we go full bore on those investigations. Other than that, as a lot of it is, is just getting the messaging out. Uh, right now, you saw a huge push from Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police around the grandparent scams that are going on now. That's probably one of the most prevalent scams. And we are trying to push that out. Uh, OACP's done a lot of, the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police done a lot of messaging. Uh, we're trying to get that out too. Speaking to pe people in long-term care, um, that's part of what our community services officers do, but we'll also have our front line having to do that as well, just due to the enormity of the uh, fraud problem. How do you explain the jump in incidents in things like bail violations or disturbing the peace or breach of probation or domestic di disturbance? Yeah, so a lot of the ones around the bail violations are being uh, brought up at CACP and OACP. And we're... Board, even the Port Hope Board has uh, pushed with a letter uh, around Bill C-75 in regards to bail reform. Um, you, you've heard it as the catch and release, the revolving door, um, those types of things. The onus on the police to, uh, in reference to keeping offenders in. And a lot of these are multiple, multiple offenders. And we've seen that. We saw it as the offenders who are getting out multiple, after multiple offenses. So that's going on and on across every municipality in the country. Uh, we have a number of offenders out, and that includes Port Hope as well, who are on bail. And they keep breaching bail. So we're pushing at the national level and the provincial level um, for changes. There has been some changes. And on a good note, in regards to uh, violent offenses, uh, firearms compliance, uh, we're looking at a bail and firearm application, uh, compliance application that will allow officers to know where those persons are. Uh, the technology piece that we're using to fight back with on offenders is something officers will have shortly in the next few months, hopefully in Port Hope and other police services, is what's called a bail and firearm compliance application. They'll be able to touch on their phone and know where every offender is in the area who's before the courts and the conditions that they're on. So that that is going to be extremely helpful, something I didn't have when I was on the road that will be going down. Again, when we look at uh, COVID in regards to domestic disturbances, uh, the assaults, sexual assaults, uh, that type of thing, a lot of that is attributable to COVID. We knew those cases would go up, mental health calls, and they did. And now we're hoping that, that things start going. You saw the numbers go down 10% calls for service. We're still not at our 2017 level, uh, but we're working towards that. I know that the Ontario Chiefs of Police and the Canadian Chiefs of Police have, have been working very diligently to try and get bail reform uh, underway and, and, and get something meaningful to happen. Have you had any discussions with local Crown attorneys to, to try and do things locally a bit different? We've, we've had those meetings. They understand the concerns. The way in layman's terms is the presumption of innocence was so strong. Um, and, and as you know, in our charter, uh, there's charter arguments all the time. Presumption of innocence is, is very important uh, for us. So we understand that, but there has to be a better balance, uh, especially for somebody who is charged with numerous offenses and gets out, is charged again and re-released. Uh, hugely concerning, uh, a huge amount of our resources, uh, which are limited. Um, part of intelligence-led policing is why you use the limited resources. Well, when police services are struggling, and there's budget uh, concerns as well. The amount of time that's going into that, uh, those investigations, and just recapturing the same person all the time is hugely concerning. And we're going to keep pushing back on that. 
Your criminal investigations branch was busy. Uh, drugs, guns, gangs, and human trafficking yeah. are all major concerns for the community. Are the Port Hope police staying on top of these serious crimes and how, what it can be done to improve things? Yeah, and they're doing a remarkable job. The front line are doing a remarkable job for the amount of resources that they have. So what we do is we leverage other uh, police services. We work very closely with Peterborough Police Service from the drone technology to their canine to their earth team, as well as Durham Regional Police and the OPP, not just in the area, but the, provincially the OPP. Uh, they're specialized units. We also work extremely close with Coburg. When I came here, I was really impressed with the relationships between Northumberland, OPP, Coburg, and ourselves. I already knew about the strong relationships with Durham and OPP Central um, and Peterborough Police. Uh, so it's going to be leveraging each other's uh, technology, uh, working together, our human resources, our teams working together, which we're doing uh, more and more. That's increasing, and that's that's where we're going. There was little in regards to community policing in the report. This would include initiatives like school visits and other projects. Why was that? And could you give us an update on what's going on with community policing? Yeah, there, we have a full-time officer who's engaged. That officer also has to work uh, as the MHART, the Mental Health Engagement uh, Response Team. Uh, so that team is also our community services officer. Uh, Darlene Packard, Constable Packard, is is that officer right now. She will be moving back to uniform, and uh, Constable Tammy Staples will be going back into. Uh, so we're losing a great person, but we're also gaining a great person. Tammy's been in there before. Uh, um, and has a high level of expertise, knowledge, skills, and abilities. She's she's excellent. Uh, so that work is going to continue. Uh, in the schools, and those partnerships are not changing in Port Hope. It's important to the community, and it's important to us that we stay engaged in the schools, and we're going to do that. So now that the report's been filed, where do you go from here? What should we expect from 2023? Well, we are hoping for continued reduction in calls for service. We're hoping for a timely response to calls. That higher visibility we talked about earlier, the highest visibility possible help using technology um, and the incentives that we'll have from within. And the beep patrol is incredibly important to us. Uh, so you will see that. The other pieces that we've done are more auxiliary. We went from two last year. We now have five and we're looking for three more auxiliary. They're a force multiplier. The auxiliary put in a ton of time. You would have seen them at the Port Hope uh, event on the weekend, the fall fair. Uh, you'll see them at numerous events helping us out from Crama Cruiser um, on, uh, just being a shift supplement with officers for officer safety, uh, beat patrol. Um, there's just so many pieces that, that that they bring to the table. We also want to train them in uh, crime prevention through environmental design, what is called SEPTED, you'll hear. Um, that's working with our stakeholders about making their businesses, their homes safer. Uh, that there's That's just a few of the uh, the pieces for them. Uh, our part-time officers, we have excellent part-time officers, two special constables uh, that are helping as well. We have one person coming off our occupational stress injury, coming back to work, which helps us. Um, so there's a lot of really, really good things in our concentration around the community and community engagement. We're sitting at more tables. We're involved more in the community in the last six months. Um, and that's we're going to continue that. Chief, I know you're incredibly busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Sorry about the connection. I hope you can cut and uh, cut and paste what you can, but we have a wonderful community in Port Hope.
uh, I've been just so blessed and and so appreciative of the uh, the the community agencies that we're dealing with here and in Coburg because they're so basically intertwined. Uh, the community agencies that we deal with, uh, the citizens of Port Hope have been fantastic and welcoming. Uh, I'm I'm working for an incredible board. I just presented at council. Very impressed with our council members and their engagement. Uh, so very very fortunate. We have a lot of good things coming, and we're going to enhance those and just and keep making things better. Thank you so much, Chief. That was Port Hope Police Chief Tim Farkason. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.